Live from Nashville, Tennessee, it's Dawn and Steve in the morning. Good morning from Moody Radio. It's Thursday, or Thursday, well, why? Because that means it's almost Friday. (laughs) Taste and see. The Lord is good. Psalm 34, 8. Call or text 800-555-7898 to join the conversation. It's Thursday. It is Thursday. You're so right about that. I, I chuckled last night at home. I said, what is it about Wednesday that just kind of, you get this, yeah, you can see it's Friday. Day. Yeah. <laughs> That's my son totally embraced. Was that a Geico or something? Commercial? It was with the camera. Yes. Camel? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. My son, when that one came out, he was, I don't know, 12. <laughs> I can picture your son oh, as a 12 year old yes. getting into that. Yep. And he would scare people <laughs> because he just walk into a room cold and at the top of his lungs, that's what would it's hump it's day. Hump day. <laughs> I mean, I've seen grown men jump out of their skin <laughs> and look at me like, what can you not control? And I'm like, I don't, I mean, I kind of think it's a little humorous. It's kind of funny to watch you jump. It is. Yeah. It, and yet I would look at Micah like, Micah, stop. You shouldn't do that. For the next three minutes. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yes, we were feeling it last night that it was Wednesday and all of a sudden Thursday and Friday. And then we turned around and had a conversation about every day has purpose. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, oftentimes we'll get in these seasons of life. And I was talking to my friend who's who's just finishing her 20s very soon. And we were just looking at, you know, where life is right now and where it should be. And I'm oh, like, okay, now wait a minute. That's a dangerous phrase right there. Where Isn't it should it? be. Yeah. It, wait a minute. If we believe that the Lord authors every day, and then we say things like, well, I should be here and I should, hmm, we're, we're talking kind of out of both sides of our mouths. Right. And so we were just kind of parsing that out all the while saying, Friday's just around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, deep, deep discussions apparently going on at your house. Oh, it happens. Yeah. It does happen. It is kind of fun when you get into those deep ones, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we, we even this morning before I left the house, this we were talking about uh, Romans chapter 3 and what is the purpose of the law. Hey, so, yeah. there you go. Yeah, those uh, nothing like that. Fun, at four light, in the easy conversations <laughs> yeah. at four thirty in the morning. Exactly. Ooh, <laughs> well, it is still a little early, but we weren't going to go to Romans three. We we're going to go to Hebrews. Well, I think we should go to Hebrews. All right, Hebrews ten, which is kind of taking me to what I was listening to this morning in John fourteen. Maybe we'll get to that here in just a little bit. But let's let's do Hebrews ten nineteen and twenty. I just love these verses. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And I completely am amazed that when the Lord Jesus was crucified and he said it is finished, that the curtain, the veil in the temple that could only be passed and entered into the holies of holies, Holy of Holies could be done by the high priest. And then there are all kinds of ramifications. But that veil tore, and it tore from the top to the bottom. Not the bottom of the top. So, you know, no man could come in and go, yeah, well, somebody just put a big slice in it. And no, no, from the top to the bottom. And now we see that we enter into the Holy of Holies, which is where God abides because of the veil that was consecrated for us, and that being the Lord Jesus. And our generation just lacks this sense of wonder. 
a sense of reverence toward God. We do want to do this. We want to bring God down to our level and make him commonplace. But here's the truth. He is God. And we do have direct access to him as his children. But we ought never forget that the access was purchased with the precious blood of his only son. No one who truly understands this ever enters into God's presence without a sense of holy awe. No one who comprehends the incredible price paid at Calvary ever takes his relationship with God for granted. Wow. As we enter into prayer this morning, is, is that our heart's attitude? Is that where our minds are? We're never going to truly understand God <laughs> and the way he relates to us unless we first comprehend this true sense of holiness how his demand for holiness among his people is very real. So if we are in God's presence, we are on holy ground. We must never act as if it were God's purpose to make us successful. See, there, that goes back to our conversation last night at home. What is the purpose of our life? Is that what we're pursuing, what God has for us? Or are we pursuing what we might call the the American dream. I know it does. It, there's this tension in your spirit if these two don't collide and, and are on the same page. It would be preposterous of us to become impatient with God when he doesn't answer our prayers and when and how we think he should. He is God. Remember that. We are not. We can't even comprehend what he's done for us and the price he paid for us. So as you meditate on the price that Jesus did pay, and that gives you the access to the Father, you'll come to treasure your prayer time. You'll come to treasure that, that time spent in his presence. Worship is going to become a privilege that you seize with gratitude. Scripture is going to be dear to you as you strive to be holy in all that you do, and we're called to that. 2 Corinthians 7, 1 Peter 1. If you've lost your wonder at the incredible gift of salvation that has been given you, you need to revisit the cross. Witness your Savior suffering for you. How priceless God's gift of salvation is. Look at Hebrews 10 this morning. Grab this devotional. You can do that by going to our Facebook page. It's Dawn and Steve in the morning or text that word Devo, keyword D-E-V-O, 800-555-7898. We'll send you the link that way. But, oh, may we never lose the wonder, the wonder of the cross and the power of the resurrection. Devo, keyword 800-555-7898. Facebook, at Dawn and Steve in the morning. Breakfast tastes better with Dawn and Steve in the morning. Grab your coffee. Good morning from Moody Radio. Yeah, grab your coffee. Join me, would you? It'd be nice. It's always nice having coffee together. It is. Friends, family, dog. Pepper's favorite thing on the weekend if I'm home is grab the coffee, go back, pile up on the bed for a little bit, and let her just kind of sit there with me. And she knows if I say, okay, I'll be right back. I've got to go get more coffee. She just sits there. I go get coffee, come back. So grab your coffee. I, I have been. That's why I've not been talking. I've actually been <laughs> sipping my coffee while you've been talking about Pepper. Yeah, that's that's all good. Need me to talk some more? So oh, you can I'm, drink I'm, some more coffee? I'm good right now. Oh, okay. Yep.
Yep. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, the devotional this morning reminded me of so many different things, but one of them was, what does it mean to follow Jesus? Mm. And that devotional talked about the wonder of the cross, and may we not lose that, because he calls us to so much more than, than maybe, no judgment here, but but calling us out, because it's supposed to be iron sharpening iron as believers, Maybe we need to kind of have that clarion call again that says, yeah, what am I living for? What is my purpose? Who who am I following? Am I following, you know, identity? Am I following the way that my friends think is important, my family thinks important? Or am I following what the Bible says about following Jesus? And he was talking to his disciples, and it was the night before he was crucified, and and they were saying all kinds of things that we would say, and we do sure. say, you know, like, well, who's going to be first in your kingdom? And can you show us the Father? <laughs> I love his answer to Philip. Have you not been with me all this time, and yet you're still questioning? But don't we do that? Every day. We do that all yeah, the time. I think we do that all the time. And, you know, when we talk about what are we following, mm-hmm. I think, in some ways, that is the wrong question. It's who are we following? Right. And are we following Jesus, as hopefully we are, or are we following a Bible teacher? Are we following uh, the ideology of a certain person? Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a, a commentator who is talking about biblical principle that we like, and you know, so and so says, and maybe there's some even really, really good stuff in there. Sure. But when they, in a sense, become a louder voice in our lives than Scripture does, I think sometimes we can run the risk of ever so slightly maybe getting a little bit off course. Mm-hmm. Now, I know I'm, I've been guilty of that for oh, sure. Right. Right. And and Me so, too. you know, I, I think that is a good question. The other thing that when I think about that, who are we following or what are we following? Are we following the American dream? Now, and, that hurts. Uh, right. And we have kind of lost a sense of what it means to follow Christ and the gospel because the gospel and the American dream in this culture have become so intertwined sure. that sometimes we kind of are not exactly sure that, uh, you know, the, the path we're walking, is that the American dream or is that the gospel that we're, we're following? It's, it's, that is such a reality and I don't know if we even stop long enough because even saying that, like there's something in me that goes, wait, well, because that's going to hurt. And yeah. it, it's hard to think about. But then when I get into the word and I see how pure Jesus was like following me looks like denying yourself, then I stop and think, huh, how's that working out for me? Like, am I doing that? Am I denying what I want to do, what my calendar says, what, you know, I think pursuing this thing looks like to follow that encounter that he may have for me today. And I'll take that time out of my schedule. We talked about that earlier this week to follow what Jesus wants that. I mean, that tension's super real because I may have an appointment where I need to go, you know, and not that I have any outside streams of income, but if I did, (laughs) those kinds of things become very real or, you know, the soccer schedule, whatever. Well, and I think sometimes we, because we talk a lot about the blessing of God Mm -hmm. and the way that he has blessed this country and the way that when we walk in obedience, 
But there's this Old Testament principle that we read over and over and over and over again where God says, you obey me, you follow me, and I will bless you. Mm -hmm. And if you choose to live in disobedience, you're going to feel the effect and the judgment of that. I'm going to withhold my hand of blessing on your life. And so I think sometimes we look at that and we say, okay, if I'm following God, I'm going to be experiencing blessing. And if I'm experiencing blessing, then I must be doing something right. Mm-hmm. But then you look at Jesus and you look at his disciples yep. and you look at, you know, what we see over and over again in the New Testament of Jesus saying, you want to follow me? Carry your cross. You want to follow me? Deny yourself. Yeah. You want to follow me? You obey me because that's how those who love me show me that they are my friends. They, they follow me. They obey me. And so this is a probably a bigger conversation that we have in this couple of minutes. You think we just opened a can of worms? I think we did. So my question, I think to you this morning is, has there ever been a time where following God cost you something Hmm. where, you know, the American dream, if you will, would say, Ooh, I, I don't know about that. But you, in a sense, set aside the American dream and you'd said, Whatever it costs, I'm I'm going to walk this out in obedience and mm-hmm. faith. Love to know your story this morning. If you'd uh, be willing to share that, you can call or text 800-555-7898. That's 800-555-7898 to call or text. Thanks for listening to Dawn and Steve in the Morning. On YouTube today, author Buck Storm shares about his book, The Light. Join us on the journey to reach 200 subscribers in March. We've hit 120. Just search for Dawn and Steve at YouTube to subscribe. Well, we're talking this morning a little bit about who you follow and what you follow. You know, as Christians, I think so many of us are quick to say, well, I follow Jesus. And, you know, that's really easy to say. Sometimes that can be a little bit more challenging when it actually comes to walking that out. Because sometimes God gives us good gifts. Mm-hmm. And those good gifts sometimes almost become more important or significant to us than the giver. For example, we may have uh, family relationships, people that we want to be close with and, and family. And to truly follow Jesus means that that is going to bring friction and tension, and maybe even the fact that in order to remain healthy, we need to put some boundaries in place around some of those relationships because for one reason or another, they are not helping us walk with God. In fact, there's that pull of pulling us away from Christ. And so it could cost us family relationships, other relationships. Maybe it costs us, you know, uh, a promotion at work mm-hmm. in, in some way. Sometimes following Jesus comes with a cost. And I think one of the things that I was listening to in a, in a podcast recently that they articulated really well, I, we need to get them in to talk about this, yeah. was the fact that we have become so comfortable, or at least certain segments of the church have become so comfortable in our westernized Christianity that we think if it's going to cost us something to follow Jesus, we must have done something wrong. I know. How do we get that thinking? But Jesus said, you follow me, you pick up your cross. Yeah. Die to self daily. And we don't want to be uncomfortable in our Christianity so often. And this is stepping on my toes. 
<laughs> I know. And we're having such great off air conversation, too. Uh, it, it's, you know, if you define the American dreams, if you start there, it's it's the American dream by definition is the belief that anyone, regardless of where they were born or what class they were born into, can attain their own version of success in a society in which upward mobility is possible for everyone. You just you have opportunity. That's a beautiful thing. It is high aspirations, goals. They can be achieved. That's all wonderful. And we're all so thankful. To, I mean, people still want to come to the United States. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Did you raise your hand? Briggs just raised yeah. his hand. <laughs> and that's all very, very true. And it's a, it is a wonderful thing. You don't detract from that when you say following the gospel is hard. And sometimes it's difficult. And sometimes we don't look at the prosperity that's right in front of us. We look at what it means to take up our cross, as you just mentioned, Steve. It, it's either... But as as Phil Herndon would say, it's and uh, right. Sometimes it's or if God asks you to lay down, I think of testimonies of missionaries over and over again where they they gave up relationships to go to the mission field. Mm-hmm. They gave up a lucrative career here in the States to go internationally and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. These are sacrificial. He doesn't ask all of us to do that, but those that he does. You know, it's always that tension of are we going to obey or are we not? Sabrina, thanks for your text, sis. You said it cost you relationships with your family. Yeah. And it was hard stuff, but the Lord gave you verses to say, listen, I'm fighting for you. You need be still and stand firm for me. Yeah. And Chris, I appreciate your story. You said you were on a certain career path that lasted over seven years and you were well on your way to success. Then God stepped in, brought it all to a screeching halt one day. You said, I was working with a majority of non-Christian folks who were very anti-God, and you took a stand against them because it wasn't right, some of the things that they were doing regarding the business decisions, and it cost you your position. Then the Lord opened up another career path. You now work from home. You're your own boss. He's richly blessed that business. He's free to have to serve him more by sharing the gospel with more folks out in the public square. And you're praising the Lord for that. Yes. It is so fascinating to me how sometimes when we cling to our comfortability Mm -hmm. and we cling to our definition of success, that desire for upward mobility, and I hear dollar signs when I hear those words, Yeah. when that's what we're pursuing. And when we finally get to that point where God has broken us to that point where we're saying, you know what? I can't do it anymore. It's not worth it anymore. How God will so often step in, redirect, and bless in a way that we didn't see coming. Right. But I wonder how often we're missing that blessing, that secondary blessing, because we're so concerned about, well, what if I give this up Mm -hmm. and God doesn't step in? I know fear at times (laughs) has played a part in my life in that area. Fear is always nasty. Right? (laughs) Fear is a nasty thing. Yeah. It is. Well, if you uh, maybe have, in a sense, had to lay something down, it's cost you something to follow Jesus, like Sabrina or Chris. Love to uh, share your story this morning as well. 800 555 7898. It's 800 555 7898 to call or text. Grab your coffee. 
Pull up a chair, get a notebook. One more thing, Dawn and Steve in the morning. Now we're ready to start our day. It's Dawn and Steve in the morning. Good morning from us. 800-555-7898 to get in touch and join our conversation about the gospel and the American dream. The gospel. What does it cost us? Linda, thank you. I just... Hey, Linda. I just asked Steve, since you're from Iowa, hey, do you know Linda? <laughs> I know everybody from Des Moines. You were so... Like everybody. You were kind in your response. It was funny. <laughs> you wanted to snark, but did. you didn't. Filter. <laughs> I right. was really proud of you. You kind of looked at me side-eyed and went, no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> not, that, not that I know. I'm not aware that I know Linda. <laughs> you mean... And all five people that live in Des Moines, Iowa, you don't know Linda? I'm a little surprised. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Well, it's only five people in Des Moines, Iowa that I don't know, and she's one of those five. I, oh. I know the other, like, 495,000 of them. Sure. It's just I don't happen to know Linda. See, and in the Christian circles. She yeah, might be Linda's going to go, yeah. Steve, it's me. <laughs> it's me. Okay. Well, I do appreciate your text. We do, Linda. You're talking about how the reminder, as our conversation goes this morning, is also coming from scripture when we are told, listen, you are going to have trouble in this world. This is in the Gospel of John, but take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. And if we're not yeah. having trouble for the sake of the gospel, I'd, I would ask myself, are you sharing the gospel? Because it, if you're not, then you probably don't have a whole lot of spiritual necessarily attack i don't know i don't know you can answer that um i have to ask myself that and you know i've kind of been struggling with that and and walking through something a little differently which i've been super thankful for but it's been challenging you linda though teach in an anti-christ <laughs> public education system and uh, it requires keeping jesus at the center lifting the kids up to him daily and learning, uh, leaning into his goodness. So I so appreciate the Christ followers that are still in the public education system because I know that they pray over their kids. Yeah. And that is such an encouragement. It made me wonder, should we not just stop for a minute and pray for Linda and all teachers as they, no matter where you teach, because the godlessness is everywhere. But certainly, yeah, I get it in the public school system. Sure. Yeah. Um, Lord, thank you that you do place your people in places that you have ordained for them to serve you. And that can look so many different ways. You could place us in so many different uh, positions and places, but you've chosen to put some into the educational system, whether it be a public school, a private school, maybe many are even homeschooling their kids. And just pray that you would help each who is in that position of influence to keep their eyes on you, and to be faithful to the call that you have given them, and that they would be salt and light in a potentially very dark place, that they would be able to stand well, represent you well, to be able to live out the gospel in a way that is noticed, and depending on where you have placed them, um, give them wisdom to know when to speak, what not to speak, how to share, and what it might look like to cast pearls before swine. Mm -hmm. So, Lord, just ask that you would give them uh, your peace, your wisdom, your direction, your strength, and may they continue to be able to influence that next generation for you. So we thank you for those who are serving in that way, those who are choosing 
to pay that price. And uh, Lord, we're, we're grateful for those who are impacting our kids. Um, would you protect them, bless them, and allow them to serve you well wherever you've placed them today? In your name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.